This is the AusChina Business Channel with Stacey Martin, our AusChina Business Specialist and Expat Financial Advisor. Experts, information and ideas on how to navigate business opportunities in Asia. This is SME Radio, powered by Eagle Waves Radio and broadcasting from Vivo Cafe, Sydney. Welcome to SME Radio. I'm Stacey Martin and this is the Oz China Business Channel. Today I'm delighted to be interviewing uh, Livia Wang from Access CN. Livia is a sought-after speaker, currently speaking in New Zealand uh, about her business and how she helps uh, people navigate the uh, Chinese market. So thanks Livia for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us today. Thank you Stacey, it's definitely my pleasure. Oh, so I've known you for quite a while Livia, back to even before you started your business because you were uh, yeah. the local restaurant in uh, Cremorne and you know I uh, was really impressed around the way you were building uh, that business which from, from nothing uh, through to being a very popular event uh, on Sydney's North Shore um, and you know the, the, some of the um, I guess e-commerce marketing you did to attract your market so what, what, tell us a little bit uh, first about how it, you came to be running restaurants in Australia. Thank you for the questions I got to share some of my experience in Australia. When I moved to Australia around eight nine years ago I didn't really know what I should do and uh, I wasn't was so-called entrepreneur at all. I was a dream, a dream to become a PR expert for any of the uh, Chinese company back to my country. But I met my husband and my husband's uh, family is a hospitality business and exactly this is how I get into the restaurant business. I couldn't say I'm the best person to, to, to run the restaurant. I try my best. Um, and I think some of the marketing activities, some of the event, and I meet some amazing people through my restaurant journey. It was quite amazing. But to a stage, I feel like I, I have a better way to use my knowledge and my experience back to, to, to Taiwan and China. And that's how I started Access CN. Okay, and so I remember quite surprisingly meeting you at, a, I think it was a China digital conference, thinking, what's my local restaurant owner doing there? But but you were really getting back into that uh, PR uh, kind of market, weren't you, starting off your um, Access CN business? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, when I met you at the China Digital Forum, I, I pretty much made my mind and back to around three and a half years ago. I said this is something really excites me and this is something I'm so good at it. and while I'm running a restaurant which I enjoy but I'm not the, the, the best person to run it. So I, I, I sold my restaurant and I started XSC in business which definitely uh, focused on the China solution for a lot of Australian um, or even I'm in New Zealand at the moment, even New Zealand brands to help them to get the products exported. So your original objective was to help Australian companies get into China, is that right? Yes. Okay, And um, but then you also saw there were opportunities for, equally for Chinese companies coming to Australia? I do think so. 
Okay. And, um, you know, you've been lucky with your the network you've built uh, in Australia and the amazing um, referrals uh, that you've been referred some very strong Australian brands that you're now working closely with. And, you know, I've been in some of those meetings and they just sort of look at it and go, well, I totally need the knowledge and the insights that you have. So what, what, what's been your sort of, I guess, favourite um, story or company that you could share with us? Oh, there are so many beautiful clients and the stories I would love to share. But for example, um, if we try to make one brand successful, there will be so many different steps that we would love to do. Um, I won't say anyone is my favorite just in case they are one of <laughs> your audience. <laughs> but I will share some of the little stories. So we put up one product just, even, uh, just three days ago on the WeChat moment. And we want to trial how good and how effective the Daigo could be to sell a product. Um, and then when we start to promote these products through our network and um, uh, for 50 people, um, within five hours, we sold uh, 570 units of the shampoos. Wow. And uh, it's not a big number if you are thinking of 10 million or 20 million sales. But this is amazing for me how much we can actually help a brand to achieve some of the sales. Even this is a just a very small trial. So, so this type of story actually um, struck me a lot. I would love to, to do a lot more for other, other people. But it's not actually only the sales. It's the strategy. It's to avoid some of the challenges. It's to move away some of the barriers between two countries to make it quite easily and effective. That's my focus. So, so you're talking about it's actually having a proper strategy. So the, it wasn't just a case of putting uh, that product up on WeChat, which is the social media all-in-one kind of um, solution in China. There would have been a lot more thought that's gone into um, target marketing and branding and so on prior to that. Can you take us through a little bit about the journey of how you would help a client sort of navigate, you know, they want to enter the China market. What are some of the key steps that they might uh, take? So in the last two years, the success model was to get popular in Australia local market and the Daigo will pick up as, um, as your brand ambassadors to promote any of the good brands to their Chinese audience or Chinese end consumers. And then third, um, the, the, the China uh, traders or uh, the wholesaler partners may walk in, knock your door to say, can I sell you to China? And then you need to say yes. The fourth stage will be all the e-commerce platform like Alibaba um, is, is the very well-known uh, Chinese online players. So they will come in to say, okay, can we actually help you on the online traffic? Then in China, you get that China amplification. So your products will be in a very high demand. And in that case, we need to come back to work on the stock level. So this is a very organic and healthy circle for a brand to build up your strategy in Chinese market, which we have seen a number of successful cases has been built through this type of the steps. So whilst you've been uh, 
building demand for your product. You've gone through a number of challenges that any small business listening uh, would. Um, I guess one of the first things is um, staffing. You've suddenly uh, built a reputation and a brand for your business and then you had to deliver on the work. Um, so I know that caused you a number of sleepless nights in terms of you know your high um, focus on quality and doing a great job for your clients. How did you kind of find the right people that could help you um, in building your business and delivering to your clients? It's not easy to find the right people. And the only right or wrong from my point of view, first of all, at least if it's not the only thing, but priority is actually the attitude and the, to feeding our company's culture. So the Chinese marketing skills, knowledge could be trained, but attitude is very difficult to train. Yeah, yeah. Therefore, we believe um, through all different kind of channels, the referrals for the good candidates, the online advertisement, um, the network when we meet a good candidate, is she or he going to be, uh, do, they, do they love your company? Do they love what you are doing? Do they have the same vision? Do they have the same cultures? I will ask myself so many times before I actually think, yes, this is the right candidate and let's trend. So then to become an expert in this area. And, and you, know, you really practice what you preach because I know some of the people that I've referred to work in your business have really said they love the culture, they love what you're trying to do, they love the, the team and the camaraderie that you're building. They know that you work amazing hours to try and deliver to your clients uh, and really looking at that way to support you. How have you gone about, um, I guess, systematizing your business and you know making sure that uh, things are in place to uh, have it seem um, quite seamless at the front end? I know you're peddling really hard behind the scenes. Yeah, um, I'm thinking for the, the they are the experts. Then the, the, my staff, even I hire them, and they think we have amazing coaches, amazing teamwork. It's only because they are by themselves are so amazing. They so, don't want yeah. to partner with other people that are not similar to them. So it's it's a very mutual benefits. Well, it's been um, great chatting to you about your business journey, uh, building up Access CN to becoming a preeminent uh, business, helping uh, people navigate brand, uh, PR, digital, and, and a range of different issues for success. So uh, your success is your client's success and vice versa. So um, I've been talking to Livia Wang from Access CN. So Livia, how would our listeners get in touch with you if they want to discuss their China um, PR strategy? Um, send me an email. <laughs> <laughs> discuss. And we will find out whether there are some opportunities for any of our brands in Australia. Fantastic. And so we'll have those details on the website. That's the Oz uh, China Business Channel, uh, SME Radio. I'm Stacey Martin. I've been chatting with uh, Livia Wang from Access CN. Thanks, Livia. SME Radio is backed by the power of the SME Association and its 30,000 strong national membership. For more information on the association and to become a member, please go to www.smea.org.au.
listening to SME Radio. This is a shameless plug for an advertiser, sponsor or partner. If you want your business name here and to reach our more than 33,000 members right across Australia, then give us a call. You can reach us via the website, smeradio.com.au. Thanks for listening. So welcome back to SME Radio, Oz China Business Channel. I'm Stacey Martin and I'm uh, here talking to uh, Livia Wang from Access CN. Uh, Livia, you're well known for the Daigo market. Um, do you want to tell our listeners what that what a Daigo actually is? So Daigo means buying on behalf of someone else. Okay. And that also means the, a, a business for people who often or regularly doing this kind of a job, they will make a margin on top of it. So when we say Daigo means, for example, they are doing the job and at the same time they are doing the business for a living. Okay, so basically um, it's people who are buying product and on selling it to their friends, family and other connections? Yes, exactly. Okay, so Australia is a market that's very attractive to the Chinese um, quality brands, products, uh, and so on. Um, why, why is this a phenomenon in Australia? Is it is, is it something that's happening in other parts of the world? Um, yes, certainly. Um, Taiko start from a very very basic situation. Is any of the Chinese residents here may have exactly the same experience? Their family and their friends asked them to buy something they couldn't have access from China. For example, the infant formula. Mm. So Daigo is the go-to supermarkets or pharmacies or any of the retailer stores to start to buying from the shelf and the resend and the send them back to China for their family and friends. Okay. And so what they just package it up and, and, and sell back to China? Yes, they do. Okay. You know, it seems to me that uh, if someone was thinking about testing um, their product to see whether it was suitable for the China market, would, would that be a good way to go? I think that you have made a really good point. Daigo market in Australia is leading compared to other countries. So for probably around six months ahead of New Zealand, New Zealand and probably around one year to one and a half years ahead of um, UK market. So the Australian market of the Daigo are really mature industry now. So they have a lot of the different facilitate, they have a lot of different network segments, um, service provider to this whole industry. That also means they are in Australia ready for any of the brands to tap into them to understand a little bit more before they go to China directly. So, um, so there are intermediaries, if people uh, have got a product and they want to test, there's intermediaries that they can go to and talk about whether the Daigo market might be interested in their product? I think so, uh, but sometimes it's not as easy as just to talk to them because we also need to consider the end consumer demand. We also consider the season, we need to consider um, the competitors. And then the Daigos can give a very initial feedback but as a brand or as a product, we need to do a lot more work than that. So, so it's more about not just taking your current product, but with your PR background, it's thinking about how does the product need to be modified to suit the uh, Chinese market? Exactly. 
What's your brand story? What's your hero products you would like to promote? Um, what's the what's the copywriting? Have you protected your IP in China? These kind of questions one need to be asked and answered before we really do something big. Yeah, and copyright. I thought China uh, felt copyright was to copy, but. <laughs> It's uh, it's really important to register your brand. There've been some well-known companies that haven't registered your, your, their their brand in China. It's not just about uh, you know the name of your product. It's the Chinese characters, the logo. What what sort of things are people need to look out for in terms of their product marketing? So there are a number of different things we need to look at. The IP need to go to a lawyer because they need to secure your Chinese name and your logo, your trademark. Um, and your registration for the as a Chinese company depends on what type of the products you you have. So this is a very big issue in China. That if you don't protect your IP, you will have a lot more trouble. And do you need to register just generally speaking to take a product to China, or can you just send anything? Oh, you need to. Well, you can actually start trading. But what about if you got popular and someone else own your brand? Right. Okay. So, um, how would you know an Australian company who wanted to go this? Um, you know, I know that you you did recently run um, some conferences. I think it was your second um, event that you held at Sydney Town Hall and had about five thousand um, people, Digos, coming in. There were yeah. there were stands with all the popular brands. There was queues right round to Jurat Street. It was amazing. Uh, I felt uh, when I went in there, it was a bit like being in a, on a Shanghai train station. People sort of pushing and shoving and uh, you know really keen to get hold of some um, Aussie brands um, and, and of course you've uh, not only run those events in Australia you've also um, taken some of your clients up to uh, Hongzhou where um, Alibaba's headquarters um, tell us about that trip when you uh, took some clients up to Alibaba what, what did you learn and, and what were the insights yeah so Alibaba is one of the most important e-commerce channels for a lot of brands to get onto and resell their products. The reason for us to bring them to, to Hangzhou, the head office, is one to actually know where Alibaba is and how it looks like. Two, we introduced around 100 top sellers on Taobao and they are selling global um, products which is, could be a very great entry point for a lot of brands. So it's a very C2C channels and it's very flexible. It doesn't really require any of the entry market pricing cost. So we just thought it could be beneficial and the feedback was really great too. And so, you know, some of these e-commerce platforms, you can lodge a product on those, but you still need to go through all those various uh, product uh, marketing uh, channels, all of the, you know, other things to make sure your product's ready, don't you? you? They don't really help you with that sort of stuff? No, they don't. They are not brand owners. They say they can help, but they will never understand your brand as much as you do. So as a brand owner, um, we need to um, consider the whole process and what will be required and prepare everything in advance then go to access the market there is a certain way for that and the Daigo is certainly the very initial stage you need to engage them to understand more about the market 
Okay, so uh, the Diet Go market has been a bit of a phenomenon, but the other thing that's totally amazing is what Alibaba created is the um, the Singles Day. I guess it came out of uh, you know the the Valentine's of the celebration. But, but what about for single people? They created this day that single people go shopping online. T- tell us a little bit about that and the, the amazing success that's created for some of the kind of Aussie brands. So the. The double eleven is a day for people to to go on to shop, and eventually it become an excuse for people to spend. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have a very good system in place: how to attract deals, how to how to direct the traffic, how to um, how to put the people all together, become a festival. How to create the atmosphere to get you spend more. These kind of the things on Alibaba has become a very big day for a lot of brands, because it's just like a Boxing Day you have once a year, and it's a festival. It's people get used to spend more money on that day, but also potentially what it may cause is actually the pricing stress, because the price is so low on Double Eleven Day, the brands may not make enough money on that day. So there are double sides of the e-commerce day. Is you have a huge traffic, but doesn't mean that you actually make a lot of money out of it. Well, and that's another point about pricing because you know uh, China is so online; it's very easy to price compare. So if someone had a premium um, product, would this channel be um, appropriate to to look at uh, some of that online channel? Yeah. So online channel is a channel. And can provide a lot of opportunities as well. We have seen on the market, um, even the mobile is actually the, the, the much more important than the web-based right. channel. So everyone, this online. is something we need to look into too. So making sure your sites are mobile friendly. Um, if you are using an Australian website, that it's um, uh, got a, a Chinese section. There's a whole bunch of things to look at, payment gateways and so on. So um, there's lots to think about in terms of. Um, getting your product into China. So for our SMEs listening today, if they wanted to get more information, how, how can they get in contact with Access CN to get some help with their product going into um, China market? Definitely. Um, feel free to contact us uh, via the email um, or via the, the, the phone conversation. And also, um, of course, WeChat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's on WeChat today. And it's, as you mentioned, a great part of the strategy um, as well and a really must-do for communicating with our Chinese clients, colleagues and uh, business partners. Um, so thanks very much, Livia, for joining us uh, on the show today. My name's Stacey Martin from SME Radio, Oz China Business Channel. And we've been talking with Livia Wang, Access CN, queen of the Daigo market. In fact, Alibaba at uh, major events in Australia will quote Livia as the go-to person. So there's nothing that Livia doesn't know about this market. So thanks for taking your time uh, and talking to us on uh, the SME Radio Oz China Business Channel. Thanks, Livia. This is SME Radio, powered by Eagleways Radio and broadcasting from Vivo Cafe, Sydney. Want to reach more small business owners? We can help. Advertise with us and connect with more than 30,000 SMEs across Australia. smeradio.com.au